The Athletic. Good morning. Welcome to the briefing show from The Athletic. It's Wednesday, the 26th of April. I'm Ruben Pinder, and today we're asking. Is tonight the night Manchester City wrap up the Premier League title? If City were to get that kind of devastating victory that they've got against Bayern Munich at the Etihad, for argument's sake, what would that say for Arsenal after three draws on the bounce? And that's why I think it feels decisive. Just how much trouble are Leeds United in now? I think you have to ask the question if the club are starting to run out of road. Huge amount of weight now on the game at Bournemouth on Sunday where they, they quite simply have to win. And over at Stamford Bridge, how much of a concern is Rhys James's injury record? I, I just think there's some kind of inevitability that he's he's never really been 100% fit since, I think, since the knee injury back in October. This is The Briefing Show from The Athletic. Holland! That could be that tonight! The look of champions about Manchester City tonight! Nelson has to get his shot right. Unbelievable! In this extraordinary season for the Gunners, they've come up with another extraordinary moment. Manchester City are five points behind top of the league Arsenal, but with two games in hand and given the imperious form that Pep Guardiola's side are in, a win against the Gunners tonight would put them firmly in the driving seat in the title race. Arsenal will be without William Saliba in defence, whose absence has been notable in their last three games, all of which they drew. In fact, without their star centre-back, their win percentage has dropped from 77.8% to just 40, with their average goals conceded per game also doubling from 0.9 to 1.8. So, Mikel Arteta's team will have to be on their A-game to keep their title hopes alive. Let's bring in Manchester City correspondent Sam Lee. Sam, both managers have said this game won't decide the title, but from a City point of view, it does feel that way, doesn't it? I think in terms of the City point of view, it's not so much decides it for them, but what a City victory would mean for Arsenal. Because look, if City win, they've still got to win their games in hand to actually go top. And yeah, they would obviously be confident that they could go and do that. Certainly if City win, it will feel like, okay, they're going to do this, they're going to do this, they're going to do this, because we love to get carried away. And I don't really want to get carried away in that sense because, you know, the games might stack up with other Champions League games and all that kind of thing. So that's no guarantee. But I think the key thing in terms of what a City victory would mean is what it means for Arsenal because that would mean the three draws in a row, all kind of disastrous in their own way. And then if they were to lose this game, which is kind of billed as everything, you know, their last chance to keep City at arm's length. I think for them, it's easier to imagine, this may not be the case, but it's easier to imagine that Arsenal kind of fade away if they were to win. And that collapse that everybody saw coming, maybe unfairly or maybe not, through the rest of the season, might finally come. You know, if City were to get that kind of devastating victory that they've got against Bayern Munich at the Etihad, for argument's sake, what would that say for Arsenal after three draws on the bounce? And that's why I think it feels decisive. Without the injured Nathan Ake, how do you think Pep will set up that left side to combat Bukayo Saka? Will he go with Imeric Laporte and retain that same shape they've been playing? Or is there a chance he goes with Sergio Gomez again after his FA Cup appearance against Sheffield United? I suppose the short answer on Nathan Ake is just go with Imeric Laporte at left back because anything beyond that is just too much of a headache to comprehend because all of a sudden you start thinking and this this does actually make sense by the way but I think if he goes Carl Walker at right back 
Akanji and Diaz at centre-back and John Stones at left-back, hear me out. Stones can go into midfield with Rodri like he has been anyway. You've then got, okay, Akanji's at left-back, but a little bit awkward, maybe, but he's very good in the duels. That brings him up against Saka on transitions. You've still got Diaz at the heart of it and you've got Walker's recovery pace against Martinelli on the other side. So that still kind of makes sense, but then you start getting into that Guardiola headspace of how's this going to happen? You know, what's he going to do? City are in a very strong position to win the treble this season and in doing so would become only the second English team in history to win the league, FA Cup and Champions League in one season after Man United in 1999. Where would such a feat place them amongst the greatest teams of the Premier League era? Yeah, in, in terms of City winning the treble, look, it puts them right up there, doesn't it? Because there's, there's already an argument that Manchester City are the greatest team we've seen in the Premier League. The 100-point season, nobody's got 100 points, nobody's got that amount of wins, that amount of goals, you know, that was special. You know, there's already a debate about is that better than the Invincible season? And, you know, that's not, that is not my place to get into now. But the argument against City is, well, they haven't won three in a row because United did, and they haven't won the treble, which is balancing the demands of three competitions while you win the Premier League. They haven't even won you know, the Champions League and the Premier League in that sense, which is what United have done on a couple of occasions. So in the football sense, for me, if they were to do it, best ever. But you just know it's not as simple as that. Nobody is ever going to say, indisputably, that one team is better than the other, because that's how football works. Turning our attention to Man City's Champions League semi-final opponents, Real Madrid, they lost 4-2 away to ninth-place Girona last night, effectively ending any remaining hope they had of catching arch-rivals Barcelona in La Liga. All four Girona goals came from New York City FC loanee Valentin Castellanos. Leeds United blew the opportunity to give themselves some breathing room in the relegation battle last night, having taken a first-half lead through Luis Sinistera before veteran striker Jamie Vardy brought Leicester City level late on. Madison maybe can finish it here, and then there is the goal! That was the one they were looking for! It's Jamie Vardy! He's broken his drought, he's put Leicester level! With just 30 points on the board and five games to go, Javi Gracia's team are in grave danger of going down to the championship, which could have huge consequences for the club's financial situation and the proposed takeover by their minority shareholders, 49ers Enterprises. The Athletics' Phil Hay was at Ellen Road for the game. Phil, just how much danger are Leeds in of going down after that result? That's a very big opportunity missed for Leeds tonight. Um, and I think you have to ask the question if the club are starting to run out of road. That might sound like an odd thing to say, given that they're not in the bottom three, given that they're still in a position which, if the season was finishing tomorrow, would keep them up. But the games coming up for them are extremely difficult. They're, they're badly out of form. And this was a kind of prime opportunity to put a little bit of clear water, a little bit of breathing space between them and the bottom three. Huge amount of weight now on the game at Bournemouth on Sunday, where they, they quite simply have to win. If they don't, they'll be going into the last month of the season with 30 points, 31 points. And I think from, to get from that that level to a position of safety would be a very big ask. How would a potential relegation affect the proposed takeover of the club? 
as it stands, there is a deal um, in place, a deal which we expect to go through in the summer if Leeds remain in the Premier League, which we most likely see um, 49ers Enterprises become an outright owner and majority shareholder on July the 1st. But if the club go down, our understanding is that there is no deal in place, um, no kind of plan B for what will happen. And it is absolutely not beyond the bounds of possibility that Andrea Radrizani, current chairman, current majority shareholder, um, remains in charge. I think there's a, a fairly high likelihood of that. So, you know, clearly the, there are other things tied to that um, development of Ellen Road, um, the stadium, for example, which is only going to happen certainly in the, the shorter term or medium term if this takeover goes through and, and 49ers Enterprises assume control. But for now, it's a, a short-term run to the finish line um, and Leeds crossing their fingers that results in the next few days go favourably for them. In a huge squad of players, Rhys James is Chelsea's only natural right wing-back, but a hamstring injury sustained against Real Madrid will see him miss the rest of this season. James has been a consistent performer for the Blues, but injuries have blighted his season. Earlier in the campaign, the 23-year-old was sidelined on two separate occasions due to a knee problem. And the injuries don't end there either. Mason Mount is also set to miss Chelsea's last seven games of the season after undergoing minor surgery on a pelvic issue. We're joined by the athletic Simon Johnson. Firstly, Simon, what's the severity of James's injury and are there concerns about his injury record within the club? Well, it was starting with, with your first point, um, how serious it is. It's not too serious. I mean, it, in some ways you have to say fair play to the guy because he played with a hamstring injury during the, the second leg against Real Madrid. That's where he sustained it, uh, but he kept playing on, which um, that, that shows some real character and, and commitment to the cause. But I'm told it's it's pretty minor. And why risk it now in any way? It's not like Chelsea have an awful lot to play for. But as for his overall injury record, yes, it, you know, it, it is a concern that he's missed this amount of games. Of course, he it all started with the AC Milan away game um, back in October. He suffered a knee injury. Then, of course, he was probably rushed back too soon because he suffered an injury to the same knee on his first game back against Bournemouth. And and from what I was told, that that if he injured his knee again, he'd need an operation. So I I just think there's some kind of inevitability that he's he's never really been 100% fit since, I think, since the knee injury back in October. Speaking of injured players, Mason Mount's contract is running out next year and extension talks are evidently moving slowly. There's also plenty of interest from rival clubs. So is it feeling more and more likely that he's played his last game for Chelsea? Well, in, until it's over, it's not over. But, you know, we are now down to... The, the sort of final weeks, months, couple of months. I mean, as David Ornstein reported on Monday in his column, there there was some kind of conversation with with Mount and Todd Bowley uh, on Friday, but he's got one year left. That the club are in a very kind of re-sign or or sell scenario. Uh, on the plus side, you could sort of say, well, at least some talks would happened on on Friday because all the noises you were hearing was that. No talks were going to happen at all between either party in, until June, which would be very much the, the crunch time. But yeah, with this injury, understandably, Chelsea fans are concerned that, that well, certainly the fans that like him, it's a it's a touchy subject, this one may some out for some reason. But the ones that like him will be a little bit concerned that that may be the last time they, they see him in a Chelsea shirt. 
Lots of football on tonight. Nottingham Forest against Brighton, West Ham versus Liverpool and Chelsea take on Brentford. Oh, and there's the small matter of Arsenal versus Manchester City, if you like that sort of thing. Get them all on BT Sport in the UK or Peacock in the US. Elsewhere, Barcelona should be able to pretty much wrap up the La Liga title against Rayo Vallecano. That's on Viaplay or ESPN. And if you're still not tempted by any of that, you can watch Sheffield United chase the win that will send them back to the Premier League. They face West Bromwich Albion, and that's on Sky Sports and ESPN. That's all from us. If you're not already a subscriber to The Athletic, make sure you take advantage of our latest offer. Go to theathletic.com forward slash TBS. It stands for The Briefing Show, and it's $1.99 a month for your first year. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure you subscribe, and if you could drop us a review, that'd be great too. I'm Ruben Pinder, your producer was Mike Stavrou, and The Briefing Show will be back tomorrow. The Athletic.